Hey, everybody. This one was a fun one. Uh, my interview with Raphael Esselane, uh, the first ever Star Wars CCG world champion. And it's going to be the first in a series of uh, these types of interviews with world champions that I'll be releasing before the 2022 world championship. So uh, this, this one, again, this one was a fun one, definitely a bucket list item for me. Uh, so I hope you enjoy. Corn on the horn. Uh, actually, um, the way I got into the game was uh, I was mostly playing Magic. Uh, it was in the early stage of Magic. I think it was back then it was like Revised Edition or mm-hmm. like uh, Unlimited somewhere like that. Wish I uh, would have kept the cards, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I played the uh, the card at school. Uh, had a bunch of friends, which. Uh, Pretty much the community know them also, like Yannick Lapointe, uh, Dominique Gaudreau that went to the world also, uh, and some other people. Um, so yeah, we, we were playing uh, Magic uh, a lot. And then uh, one guy came in, I don't remember his name, but the one guy came in with Star Wars, and I've always been a Star Wars fan since I was young. Like a very first movie I went to see to the theater was uh, actually Star uh, New Hope when I was very young uh so i was super happy uh to jump into the game start playing it got the hook uh i I got hooked right away uh and then i sold all my magic or most of it uh and uh, started playing star intensively uh a lot uh even missing a lot of school to to play (laughs) the game and yeah that's it so that's how i i went into the game and then after uh, a few months after there was like qualifiers and stuff like that and then we went um to the world so that's what got me into the game it was uh my school my friends all right yeah so um so worlds 1996 what would the what what would the what sets would have been out for that what's like uh, what 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 expansions was it was it just oh yeah no, yeah actually it was uh it was a premiere edition and the new hope uh and actually hud just came out but it was not legal for the tournament okay. um which uh, remind me that uh, i don't know what what the cypher did back then but uh they were giving prizes I, I like i remember winning the world and they were giving me like all those good prizes and i as far as i can remember i think all the top 12 got like a, a medal and three packs of hot that just came out i was like that's i was like it's funny to just to see the difference between the first place and the second place which he had a medal and uh, just three packs of hot, so twelve dollar <laughs> of uh, worth price. But at least everyone got uh, to enjoy the time and got invited by the cypher. So that was pretty neat from them uh, to invite us by plane. Uh, it was actually in Vail, Colorado, the very first world. So um, day one was uh, a qualifier. I think we were thirty six, if I remember well, uh, and then top twelve were going to day two. And everyone that didn't qualify for day two actually had the uh, the option, I think, to go either ski, do some uh, ski do, or snowboard, whatever was available uh, <laughs> at the mountain. So it was nice for them. Uh, I played like well, those... a, a nerd to play card for the whole day. But, uh... <laughs> those were the those were the real winners, right? <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I enjoyed them. Like, I was invited. Uh, like uh, when I was seeing them, I was like, oh, I wish I was there, but I'm playing cards, which yeah. I love. So it was nice. It was still okay. Yeah. So did you did you have to qualify for day one? Yeah, yeah, we had a qualifier uh, in Montreal, um, in Quebec. So 
Uh, the game was quite new back then, and we were somewhere like 50-ish, 50 people, 52, if I remember well. And it was organized by uh, Francis Alumiere, which uh, also worked uh, for the Cypher afterward. And yeah, it was uh, during the summer, and then everything in between was uh, the preparation for the world. So I didn't do a lot of tournaments, actually, my very first tournament, because there was not a lot of uh, like a tournament scene in Montreal, was actually the regional, which I won. And it was kind of very difficult to measure the um, the level of the field because we never played uh, outside of my group of friends like we were mm -hmm. four or five playing never played anyone else and then when we arrived there we finished one two and three and i think the other guy was like fifth so <laughs> yeah i think our group really uh, sized how the game was uh, had to be played and we mm -hmm. we did very well uh, but i was lucky enough to win i think by a few a few cards uh, over one of my friends uh and then got qualified for the um the world in, in bell colorado okay. so so what um so going into going into worlds uh what what did your decks what did your decks look like because i've you know the idea of a premiere and, and a new hope format is just like i i i, I wasn't playing back then but that seems like they would be very different from what we would see today yeah it was i mean the the card pool was very limited uh we only had like two one expansion one one base set so um pretty much all the decks were around sense and altar uh type to counter any possibility there was not like there was grabber but honestly i, I don't even think if uh, uh some people were playing those grabber from a uh, new hope uh were trying to push on us and the other one on the dark side so yeah uh, the, the, there was the meta was sense and altar all the way so every deck had almost like five uh sense five altar so like maybe a six of your deck was uh around that no control <laughs> back then also so my my light side deck would have been a main and toy, I would say. Um, so Obi Wan, uh, Luke, uh, Leia, Han, uh, Falcon, uh, and uh, the twist I added to my deck, I think, which helped a lot, was the how do you get into this mess card, which uh, was not very popular back then, but it it really allow you to uh, go over your deck very quick and and uh, since I. I was good at tracking, but not uh, excellent. Uh, this way, I was able to just place all my cards the way I wanted to and just mm -hmm. drag them. And then it was easy to uh, to get the destiny I wanted because it was uh, pretty hard to hit someone uh, with a lightsaber back then when you all your cards were one destiny, like almost mm -hmm. like all the all the characters were destiny one. There was no emperor back then. Uh, no high destiny. Um, so I mean that. Uh, so that's that was my light side deck. I mean in four, I would say, uh, with, with a lot of sense and altar. And dark side was uh, space, mostly space. A lot of victory class destroyer. Um, Vader Tarkin was the more the big combo back then. Mm -hmm. if you were able to put them both on the table. It was uh, pretty much done on the on the light side side of the table. So you were uh, controlling the side pretty much easily um yeah so the, those were the two decks i was playing yeah right. actually you, you can have a copy on it i think yeah i played a few a year or two years back on on camp uh -huh. and i think one of the demo deck well the two demo deck are there so <laughs> people want to test it out yeah it's over there yeah. uh see, how, see how it holds up against uh against modern decks <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no, honestly, I, I like I was playing my deck. I, I went on game, played a few games, was playing them. I, I I was getting destroyed. I was like, oh, damn, how did I win with that deck? So I don't know. I guess it was also <laughs> I, like any tournament, any anything like that. You you need a portion of luck, a uh-huh. uh, portion of skill, and again a portion of deck making, kind of. So like it's those mm-hmm. three things. If you're lucky enough and you build the right deck. And the meta is good for you. You're gonna get. You're gonna be good. But sometimes you just get the deck that is not the meta, and you just get killed. So, so you said you said that you have you have been on on Gemp. Are you are you still an active player? Oh no, I like I like I no, I cannot say I'm active. Like mm-hmm. I just went there a few times to play a few games. I mostly played a few sealed deck. Uh, on camp uh, because honestly I got lost with all the virtual cards like I, I used I, I played until uh, on tournament scene I played until 2001 mm-hmm. uh, at Freedom Con was my last big tournament uh, which I had a uh, quite a, a story that happened over there uh, about uh, me doing uh, or going over speed limit and being arrested and so on. So like that's cruel <laughs> model tournament, but uh, I still finished 12 though, but it still, it was not my best tournament. Um, so I stopped playing after that uh, less frequently and locally a little bit uh, and then played online on old table back then. Uh, I keep playing for a little bit on, uh, on the web uh and like if stop it for about 10 years 15 years and then uh, i start playing a little bit on gamp uh, like two three years ago but it's really like only like once every uh few weeks or months so it's mm-hmm. not it's not very mm-hmm. frequent i would say when you play on gamp are you playing the old formats or are you playing in in the open no, format I, I, yeah i'm playing all the old format i mean I, I what i was about to say is that i also played until virtual card came in I had a lot of uh, those like uh, paper we we're putting on uh, mm-hmm. when virtual came, like the very first set uh, after the Cypherlaw's license. And and then they did the reset, I think a few years back. I even stopped before that, but then after I never caught up. Like I saw the cards, I was like, what the hell is that? Like there's cards from outside of uh, the, the traditional movies, like the, some from uh prequel like tron stuff like that we had tron but mm-hmm. th- there was other like character i don't even know about uh because i didn't follow the story of, of uh star or the clone wars or whatever uh that came out um, so i was like over a little bit overwhelmed about all the new cards so i only played the uh, the old format i was playing um mostly premiere to let's say dead star kind of ish mm-hmm. and yeah stick to that on gamp yep yeah, we we did uh we we did a few I did a few retro events uh with Worlds last year and I, I noticed that even even just playing with those same old cards, uh everybody pl- there's a there's sort of a foundation of knowledge you know having played these having played card games for so long, um do you know do you notice that too that that players now oh, are yeah. playing like bet- better decks even with those with those card pool, yeah with that card pool. Yeah, definitely. I would say that uh, since the game was quite new when I when I played a lot, like when I won the world, um, there was even people that qualified for the world. That honestly, I don't think they they were that good. I mean, you cannot competitively lose by fifty cards. I think one guy was lost <laughs> like by fifty-two cards in a game. 
I think somehow like he got he put Obi Wan Tut and uh, the other guy put a, a spy and drain for three like the whole game and didn't do nothing. I don't uh-huh. know. I don't know how he lost, but he lost by fifty two on the board. So I was like, how can you lose like that? So I would say nowadays you would just play a beginner like a guy that just came in but is really into it. Um, He's probably gonna would, would kick my butt, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I would say that uh, the, the the common knowledge and the people that are playing the game right now are much much stronger than they used to. So, yeah. is uh, is Star Wars CCG still your? Would you would you say that's the 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 game that you've put the most energy into, or are there other games that you play? Uh, I, I I would say time wise uh, that I like hours played in my life i would say probably chess is the one that i played the most okay. and then star would probably be in second and then a few video games such as diablo world warcraft uh such of those games I, I did play a lot so uh and now i'm nowadays i'm not really into video game anymore like maybe a little bit mobile but i'm mostly playing board games uh oh. with my uh, with my buddies so yeah so, um, you're you're actually only this. Well, you're sort of the third, depending on if you count Bastion or not, because uh, Bastion won Freedom Con. Uh, but you're the you're the second Decipher era world champion that I've interviewed. Um, yeah. After uh, Matt Sokol, who won in two two thousand, mm-hmm. and and they sort of they had him on like kind of a. a like he would go, he went, they like had him go to a convention and like did demo games and things. Did Decipher do anything with, uh, with you for like promotion after you were, after you won the world world champion? Uh, no, not really. Uh, honestly. And I think uh, there was maybe two reasons. First, uh, my language, I'm, mm. I'm French speaking. So that might've been a barrier back then because I was not very fluent in English less than I am today. I'm a little bit better today than I used to, but, uh also i guess i I was not from the usa um so it was kind of hard to be in local convention Mm -hmm. uh in the us because all convention or like gen con and uh, comic con so on are all in the us so it's no they have never approached me but uh the guy that did the tournament for us um back in uh for my regional when i qualified for the world championship in 96 and uh, that guy got actually hired and he, he did work, I think, um, as a, I don't know, uh, I don't know what he was doing actually. I think it was just writing letters and, and newspapers and stuff like that, doing mm-hmm. articles on Decipher and all those conventions. So he pretty took the spot that I could have taken because he was, <laughs> uh, I guess, more fluent in English than I was. Uh-huh. So, so, yeah. So you start, you were, you were playing competitively all through the Decipher era yeah. when you, when you went to an event, did people recognize you as the 1996 yeah. world champion? Yes. Yeah, I would say yes. I always had a very good reputation. People were um, either eager to play against me and see how I was doing, but I always did very well in tournament. Like, uh, I, I, like in 96, I won, but in uh, the following year, I was qualified, uh, did the world, still did the 12, uh, top 12 was good i did the top 12 also in two in 99 i think in 2000 one of those um so and i did play the high level tournaments like uh, origins and stuff like that so mm-hmm. i did always very well never really had a bad tournament that was um unhappy of so yeah uh people were 
recognizing me. I had a lot of people that were asking me for autograph. I was like, yeah, yeah, seriously, they want to have an autograph. So I did sign a lot of cards <laughs> and stuff like that, but it was cool. But I had my moment of fame, I would say. So Oh, that's that's good. What uh is there what's what's what do you think the, the craziest thing that happened to you because you were the world champion was? Because of that, um yeah craziest thing i don't know uh there there's uh yeah i think the the, the, the i don't recall his name i'm gonna say if you see it but uh there was a guy also in canada actually but i think in the, more in the western province uh, i think it was like alberta that actually uh wrote to me a, a big letter uh saying how i was his like uh idol and that uh, like yeah, like i was reading i was like what the hell? Like, is there really like people like that that really uh, admire other people for like such little thing as as playing a card game? I was like, wow, okay, that's cool. So I and I I call him back and because uh, he put his number and then we had a discussion. We we had a lot of uh, back and forth. So I made a remote friend just because he took the initiative to write. Uh, me a letter mm -hmm. saying uh, that he wanted to um, to, I don't know, to speak with me and know more uh, about what I did and so on. So I was like, mm -hmm. it was a nice thing. And the other thing uh, that I, on the downside of being a world champion is that no one was leaving you a chance, right? So when they were playing against you, they were just trying to be as fierce as possible. Mm. And uh, I remember one thing, two, two, actually two games, one guy, same guy, Clint Hayes, uh, <laughs> well also. Really, I think I know this story actually. Go, but go ahead. I don't know which one it is, but there's two of them. So one, one, one came happy for me. The other one didn't uh, end happy for me. But I'll go with the happy one first. Uh, I was playing uh, him. I think uh, pretty much at the top table. I think table one and table two mm -hmm. in a major tournament. But I don't recall which one. And he had a deck which everything was black because there was no ruling by the cipher <laughs> to. Uh, to not mark the card. So all the cards were black. The only thing that was there is the the thing that had to be there, like the cost, forfeit, destiny. So all the the image, the the, uh, the lower tags and stuff were uh, oh. all uh, black. And I did beat him uh, just by remembering all the cards that he had on the table. So that was the happy one. The unhappy one was actually the, uh, the story I had when I Freedom Con. Um, when I got arrested because reckless speeding, so on, passed the night in jail, and I got uh, freed like seven o'clock or eight o'clock in the morning, and I had to go to the tournament like starting at eight or nine. Like I was very tight, so I came in almost uh -huh. late, dropped my deck on the table. While I was playing, um, there's going in him. I think he was playing Bomber. Um, and somehow, I don't know what I did, but I, I probably screw up and. He didn't give me a chance on this, and I mm -hmm. still uh, didn't like it, but I forgot to put the lightsaber on Luke. He started on the table with just Luke and no lightsaber on him. And he asked for a judge. He complained. Uh, and before even the game started, the, uh, the ruling was that my objective fizzle and I lost Luke, a lightsaber, I think to the lost file. So I got destroyed. I, I think I lost like 26 cards because he bombed my only side that I had, which was the um, hot, I think, Handor hot, with Chief hot, whatever, um, that I had. And uh, so I, I lost big time. 
But all the other games were okay, and I finished, I think, 12th in that tournament. And I, I, I could have been top eight, uh, but I lost by differential because of that game. So that was uh, one of the bad memories I had with, uh, with uh, that game. So oh, I guess man, that's... that's... Yeah, that's sucks, see, it's but... stories like that that make me kind of glad I didn't play in the it, it, competitively in the Decipher era. I mean, I had I played in the early two thousands, and I was a I was a young kid. I was like sixteen when I was playing with like twenty somethings, and a lot of them forgot to lose lose to lose to court or something. You know, you know, mm-hmm. like the little my my triggers that technically I have to remind you, but. Like it's an automatic action, you know, it, it should, it really should happen. But, uh, oh. but, uh, well, but, but yeah, I never had anything as bad as that, but I, I actually, I'm thinking about it, something else, not related to me being the world, but in the, my second year, uh, when I did the top 12 and 97, what the worst thing that ever happened. And that guy, if I see him, I won't talk to him like even <laughs> 30 years after, uh, or 25 years after. Uh, I won't tell his name because uh, I think he played very cheap and I think he used a uh, ruling uh, on all the other players. And I think that's what brought him to the top 12 because I don't think mm-hmm. he was level to be a uh, top 12. But that guy was actually uh, playing on a rule that no one really knew about and Decipher changed the ruling after after a tournament actually, but they ruled it that way during the tournament. So if you were playing a starship, putting a pilot in it, if you were not saying you were declaring him as a pilot, he was automatically a passenger. So mm-hmm. in the game that I played against in top 12, my very first game of day two, um, played, I was playing light side, uh, I, I believe. No, he was playing light side. Anyway, I was playing a space dark deck uh, as I usually was playing at that time. And I deployed a lot. I was like kicking his butt. I think it was like, I played, I think, Devastator and Dan's Boren. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, you didn't declare as a pilot. I said, well, I, I played him as a pilot. He said, no, you didn't declare it. So, like, even though I don't recall because you don't, you don't think about this right, when you play right. it. But I, I could have said it and then he just played on that. And then I, I second guess myself saying, well, did I say it? Did I say it? He called a judge. Judge right. ruled, no, he's a, he's a passenger. So I did attack um kill his corvette whatever forfeited so cover all the uh, the overflow damage and i lost the game by one uh so i would have i would have won the game uh uh-huh. and that brought me changed my all uh all route to the second day like instead of being one and all i was zero and one and then i played deferable matchup um mm-hmm. so that that's the was the first uh, not the first but the worst um i would say thing that was done into a game like it was not fun anymore Mm-hmm. Because uh, I mean, he played on the ruling that didn't make sense. Right, right. And because if you play a starship, there's no re- you you deploy a pilot and and there's pilot capacity on the starship. Like obviously, there's mm-hmm. no there's no there's no upside to to doing it as a passenger. And that's why they change the ruling after you don't yeah. have to declare it anymore. But yeah, so I had a no destiny. That was also what changed the game. Mm-hmm. Because Dan's and Devastator, I would have poured uh, and a Destiny draw, and I didn't get one, so he could four feet and so on. Well, cover all the damage. Yeah. yeah anyway, yeah. so that was the um, that thing. The worst thing that happened to me in a world, uh, beside the fact to uh, just story just like that I said before. With the, <laughs> besides getting arrested. Yeah, I put in jail for. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh yeah, there, there you was, must have uh, been driving really fast if they put you in jail no, for it. No, actually, uh, actually, I was driving with uh, Yannick Lapointe. Uh, we're going okay. back to the convention, so there was no no hurry. Our all the game were done, we were qualified. So I, I think it was uh, before the big tournament. I think Saturday was like for the um, the real turn, like to qualify mm -hmm. for the, uh, the the big event. So me and Yannick were already qualified. So one of my friends were playing and. We were, we were heading back from the hotel to the convention center. It was no rush. Like, uh, I think I'm honestly, I was trying like 120 kilometer, which is about 74. It was still, it was still fast. I think it was a 55 zone. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was still going fast, but she said I was driving 88 miles an hour, which was not the case. So, right. Then I'm you would have sure driven back in time. <sighs> Well, uh, yeah, so if I would just got a ticket, it would have been fine. But yeah, uh -huh. she, she said that. And I think what pissed uh, the, 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 the police officers that I, I asked to see the speedometer because I was not believing I was going that fast. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, she told me in Virginia, there were no need to show it. And I think that what, I don't know, pissed right, her right. off a little bit. And she, she, she arrested me, put the, the hands off, uh, put me in the back of the car, brought me to the police station, stayed there a whole night. Uh, and actually, my friend Yannick had to stay in front of the police uh, station because he didn't speak much English back then. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he speaks more now. I don't speak with him uh, much more. But, but yeah, it was, uh, you had to stay there. Uh, and then we, everything, the whole story fanned out with a $500 uh, bail uh that that got paid and uh yeah so pretty much like that and then i got out and went to the tournament and this happened first game i was like no 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 i'm not due to win that one so that's rough that's rough yeah <laughs> yeah well i i got a i actually i got a speeding ticket on the way home from a from a star wars card tournament earlier this year actually this all year, right okay. <laughs> all right um Let's see. Okay, so um, I'm going to turn the corner here. I've got a list of questions, and these these ones I did provide to you uh, uh, with the that I ask everybody that I interview. Um, and uh, so there's a couple of them. There's a couple of them. Well, you can see you you have them, but there's a couple of them that don't make sense. But that's okay. Just answer them to the best of your ability. Okay. Um, so first question: What is your favorite card? Uh, probably. Pretty much a one that I kept uh, near my heart was how do we get into this mess? I just find it's just such a great utility card. You can shuffle your old deck and uh, place your destiny. It's good. So I always like that card. On the light side, I would say Darth Vader on the dark side. Okay. Definitely. What is your What is your least favorite card? Oh, uh, I would say looking backward, I would probably say Sense and Alter because that was like an NP for. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of players, I would say it's not, it's good that they farm some counter afterward, like with control and grappler being easier to play. And then eventually the defensive shield. So I would say sense and alter are used to be very useful. I liked them because they helped me a lot, but nowadays like playing with those, I just feel it's just a waste of uh, space in the deck. So, okay. Uh, um, what, what types of cards uh, stimulate your creativity? What do you mean? Uh, you mean the, by the art or by the lore or by... Well, just the, the, just in sort of what, what makes you... Like when it comes to deck, I guess mostly when it comes to deck building, what 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 about it? What types of cards will make you... Will give you ideas for new decks? Okay. Uh, high Destiny cards. Always been uh, playing cards with very high Destiny. 
So it was the first, it was the way I was deck building. I was doing my deck uh, first draft, what I wanted, like uh, the core of the deck or the team of the deck. And then after I was swapping cards just to get higher destiny, higher destiny, higher mm -hmm. destiny. So one of the deck that I really liked playing and I did play in Origin. I think I did very well. I think I finished fourth uh, in Origin. I was playing Rescue the Princess. So that deck, right from the start, knowing that you had a lot of sites on the table, uh, so less zero on the deck, and uh, you you could use Space Tube and Vehicle that had like five or six Destiny uh, to move to Transit, uh, and then all the all the bonuses, the plus two. Uh, so I, I created that deck. Uh, so that that type of, um, of structure, like the objective, is definitely guide you. But what I like is really high destiny cards. So I was into uh, the uh, a lot into the um, three seven thousand two one deck, like the insert deck, because mm -hmm. it was just having high destiny character. I always like that. I know it was cheese and not fun because there was no interaction, but it, it allowed me to win a lot of games uh, when the, when this came out. So yeah, I think anything which is high destiny was probably stimulate my creativity. Okay, um, what uh, what types of cards made you want to quit the game? Quit the game? Honestly, I didn't never really want to quit the game. Uh, it's more about like uh, all the events, that life events and stuff mm -hmm. like that, mm -hmm. family and so on. But uh, I would say that it's not pleasant. Um, I'm not really into virtual cards, even though I, I it's good for the community because it it does change the meta and we have to find something. But I, I'm I'm so used to the decipher cards, so I. Having the same cards, just having a different text, I'm okay with that. But having a new picture and a lot of new characters that were not in the decipher, I'm not really into those. So that's why I also never got a hook into GAMP and, and playing those uh, new formats, I would say. What is your favorite Star Wars term? Term? Yeah. Uh, or quote or something like that? Yeah, or something uh, like that, yeah. Uh, good question. Uh, I would say good game. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, yeah, good. I would I say like well, the, yeah. the end shaking at the end was like a game. Yeah, sorry, like that's, sorry for you. Yeah, Usually, yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. All right. Uh, what what opponent's deck do you love to see? Uh, the one that I can see right away from the start that I know I had, uh, already have a, a lead, like, unless you get very lucky, it would be very difficult for me to lose. Um, so there was some deck that was actually countering some other deck, like the, the meta was like a good, uh, in your favor. Playing those deck was so easy. Uh, so it was, uh, this is where I was trying to really kick the the shit out of the other person to try to win as with the biggest differential possible i had i really had no pity when i was playing so that's that's how i was playing but when i when i was seeing an opportunity to, to just have a good win uh, i was trying to get it so uh, anything which was a very weak structure so local tournament sometimes you were just playing with someone that didn't have much cards like i i still had no pity with that for them so i was like sorry man it was just right right but it was how I was. I was very, very competitive back then, mm -hmm. much more than I am today. So, yeah. You hear that? What opponent's deck would you hate to see? Mm. I would say probably the opposite of what I just said. 
but uh, in a meta structure, I never really liked the alien type. I was more into um, the traditional way, like rebel versus imperial. So mm-hmm. when I was playing against common villainy or white old stack, a lot of uh, alien stuff like that, I was like, ah, didn't like much. Like I never really stick to the one to the one back then to the new episode, like episode one, two, and three. So people playing Dark Maul and stuff like that. I didn't mm-hmm. really like those decks because I was playing more with Darth Vader and Emperor back then. So more of the four, five, six trilogy. Um, so yeah, I didn't like those decks. Like playing the Pudge Racing deck, like I think that was stupid. I didn't like those. So. Okay. Um, what Star Wars job would you want to try? In the Star Universe? Yes. Uh, I, I would have said normally uh, like a, an admiral, but uh, not under Darth Vader. Um... <laughs> an admiral who doesn't report to Darth Vader. I like it. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, some, so somewhere further in the, in the galaxy. But uh, yeah, uh, that's worked nice. worked for Thrawn, right? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> what Star Wars job would you want to avoid? Uh, avoid. Uh, I mean, job. I don't know. A lot of people are scavenging, like uh, Ray scavenging, Tuscan Raiders are scavenger, Jawas, and stuff like that. Like mm. anything that you don't have the choice to try to scavenge, like it's not, mm. it's would not. I prefer the high lux and anything sense. a Star Destroyer. Yeah, I would say. Makes sense. All right. And uh, if you had all the power in the world with the force or whatever, uh, if you could do anything, absolutely anything, uh, how would you shape the future of the star Wars CCG? I, I would buy Disney, um, and get the okay. license back. No, and definitely I would, I would give it into the hand of, uh, people with the knowledge, like the uh, players committee, I would, I would, I would love to them to officially be able to create those and remarket those. And mm-hmm. trying to open uh get some new uh, people playing into the game more because right now there's a lot of barriers of because of the cost of the cards and stuff like that trying to pull some real new expansion would probably bring new people in the game and it would mm-hmm. be a lot cheaper but i don't know in this today environment ccg is uh, a lot less popular than in the 90s mm-hmm. uh so people are more playing online i think that there's still a lot of people playing camp and I don't know if people still travel a lot. I know some does, uh, but would that be as like, I think in 98 or 99, I think there was like over two or 300 people just trying to qualify for uh, day one Mm -hmm. of the tournament. So there was like a lot more interest. I don't know if that would be even possible, but having all the money in the world, I would try. I I would give it a shot and try to uh, bring the game uh, alive in a way that not not nothing it's that but it's alive in a like more official way like mm-hmm. being a, on the shelves of the the orbit store and stuff like that gotcha yeah. gotcha well thank you thank you very much rafael this has been this has been a lot of fun uh i think i think you answered you answered all my questions really well so uh so yeah uh, any any final any final thoughts you have for for the listeners um i would say well keep up keep playing the games very nice game uh, I, I'm pretty sure when I'm gonna have a little bit more time, I'm gonna jump in a few uh, few uh, times uh, on camp, and 
I would love just to see the people back uh, that I used to play against uh, in major tournaments and, and see them and just play one last tournament or st something like that. So never know. I might I might uh, see some of you uh, eventually into a into a world or something like that. I don't know if they're going to be come a little bit more north than uh, south of the U.S. If uh, if it ever comes to New York, uh, Albany and and up, I would say. With, uh, <laughs> I would probably try to, uh, to to go there and see. But yeah, keep playing, uh, keep having fun, and remember, it's always a game. It's only a game. Don't 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 don't, don't get pissed. This podcast is a production of the Kendallcast Podcast Network. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/Kendallcast or make a direct donation through the PayPal link at Kendallcast.ninja. Thanks for listening.